Everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty, the podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How are you doing, Zakias? I'm doing good, brother. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Good, good. I feel good. One of our buddies, mutual friends, got a hole-in-one today. That's pretty impressive. That's a that's a pretty staggering life event that most people have not done, so yeah, you're it's a pretty right. exciting day. I have a hard time getting off like the tee box, so... Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. You know, How was your fourth? It was good. It was kind of laid back and whatnot. Obviously, you know, I'm still doing that 75 hard challenge. So this is the first fourth that I've been around everyone drinking, kind of having fun and whatnot. And usually I typically drink as well and I, I have fun as well in that aspect. This year I had a little bit of a different fun, you know. I was still there. I was still, it was That's fun. Good. It was just different, you know. It's always different to kind of go into a... I mean, a party scene, like where you're usually involved in the party and you're, and I'm not saying that you have to drink to have fun because you definitely do not, but it's different to be on the other side of things where you aren't drinking and you're seeing everyone else drink and you know, you're having that, that mentality to just not give in, you know, right. Um, and whatnot. So that was, it was a huge, uh, step for me. And so yeah. I, I, I feel good. That's good. It sounds like yeah. you are, you're dedicated to the, to the challenge. I am. And speaking of dedication, today we have a special guest on the show who has shown a great amount of dedication to her craft and what she does to provide a great opportunity for herself and a bright future. Uh, We have somebody that was recently with South Dakota State and balled out Mm -hmm. and got the chance to go down to Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, welcome, Kylie Halverson. Thanks, guys. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, you're the, the first collegiate athlete that we've had on that is able to actually talk about their experience, um, not only as a student, as a student first, but also an athlete. Um, I did I did college sports as well. I guess I'd, I've never really talked much about it, but we've heard so much about you, especially around the Sioux Falls area, because, you know, Midwest, when you have someone leave and go and do something bigger for themselves usually you like the midwest people they're like oh yeah i know her i'm involved too yo (laughs) yo she's from south dakota sioux falls let's go you know um so it's huge it's 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 definitely exciting to have you on and we appreciate you being on here to uh talk about you so yeah thanks for having me and giving me the opportunity to just kind of talk about myself outside of softball but yeah also my journey yeah absolutely let's go so I've known your sister for a long time, but I didn't ever really know you. And it was like a few years ago when you were at SDSU and your sister was just kept posting your home runs. I felt like it was every freaking day, dude. She was hitting a home run and I would see Chasson. I'm like, damn, dude, your sister is killing. She's like, she's a beast. Mm-hmm. Hey, she's like my number one supporter behind, you know, my mom. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Making those hauls down to, is it Fayetteville? Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Well, like we talked about a little bit before the show started, I'm sure a lot for you and when people are talking to you about things, it's always softball related, right? And kind of the things that you're doing and all the cool things that you're doing, which are awesome. But there's definitely more to you than just softball, right? So can you kind of take us back, you know, into your childhood? What was it like growing up? You know, what was the family dynamic and kind of take us through those type of things? Yeah, of course. So awesome. I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I lived on the east side by um, okay. like Wesleyan Church. I don't know if you know where that's at or like Franklin Food Market. Yeah. Not far from there. Oh, yeah. French. Um, yeah. And yeah. so kind of went to a lot of schools. So I started out at Robert Frost. And then I went to Terry Redland, and then Jefferson, and then Discovery Elementary. Oh, and dang. so um, 
kind of was all around. And John yeah. Harris. I forgot that. I went to John so Harris. So you went too to five well. different elementaries. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and I have a big family. Okay. But at the time, it was just me, my sister, and my brother. And they're both older than, older than me, so I'm the youngest child. You're the baby. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I just I just remember running around all the time outside and not getting in trouble, but, you know, just, just living and having a good time. When I was about 10, my parents got a divorce. And so that's when we moved to, like, the central part of Sioux Falls. And then after that, my mom got remarried to my stepdad, current stepdad. Okay. And then we moved to the west side, so over by Memorial. Yeah. And... Um, they had two kids, so I have two younger siblings as well, and then we moved again, and we're at the same house now, so. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, just really big family person, um, yeah. and they're really close to me, so. Very nice. Take us back to, I, uh, my parents got divorced more so when I was towards the end of high school. Mm-hmm. At the time, my sister was probably about 12, my brother's about 7, for you at 10 years old, what was it like during that time for you with your parents kind of going through it, going through a divorce? Was it obviously it was challenging, but what do you remember from those things? I think it was challenging, but also a good thing just because it was an abusive relationship. And so if you can get out of that, it's always good. And so for me, it was OK, but I feel I feel like it affected my older siblings a little more. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Definitely for me. See, I had a different perspective, but kind of the same because I was in an abusive household as well. It wasn't physically abusive, but definitely wasn't the right environment to be in. But I was at a point where I'm getting out of high school and I'm like, I get to go somewhere else. Right. right? And I was going, that's when I went off to college. So my siblings had a different experience on that. So I think it was a little harder for them coming from from my perspective, but I definitely can see how it was challenging for you as yeah. well. I want to know kind of more about, you said that you moved from school to school and I don't know if you've heard in my earlier episodes and whatnot. I also did as well. Like I went to quite a few different elementary schools. Mine was typically because I was getting into fights and probably got kicked out. I wasn't the worst kid. I mean, there's definitely worse kids out there, but I was bad. Why don't you tell us about that exactly for you? I know for me, the biggest thing was is I had to start new relationships with different friends, and that mm-hmm. became harder and harder, especially at a young age. Right. You know, so how was that for you? I think I'm a very, like, social person, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too hard making friends and, like, making connections, but it was more like they're not my best friend, but, like, they're my acquaintance type right. of thing. Yep. And so then it kind of ended up being the norm. Like, it's like, oh, like, I'm just meeting all these different people. Mm. And so I didn't necessarily see it as a bad thing, yeah. but at the same time, like, I didn't necessarily have super close friends like being young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did that make you closer with your family, do you think? Or where was like, as an athlete, I feel like in general, like a lot of times your friends are the people that you're playing sports with right. or doing things like that. Where did you find like those strong relationships, I guess, as you did grow up? So when I was 13, I joined a travel ball team. Like it was big time and um, <laughs> we ended up doing some really cool things, but like we'd practice for six hours a day in the summer. Oh my and stuff. gosh! And like we, when we travel, we'd take a van together. It's so like we're together all the time. And so those people are like still my really best, like best friends. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I think though that's where I kind of made like my people those strong okay. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get to play with any of them at this level? I actually did at South Dakota State. Okay, um, I had about. I think five or six of my teammates from my travel ball team go there. And so I got to play with them. And that was honestly kind of a selling point too. Like I can go play with a bunch of these, a bunch of my friends really. And so, yeah, I did get to play with them, but um, not anymore. Dang. Well, that's all right. Yeah. You still got, you get to break relationships with other people too. Yeah. So I've really found people there. That's awesome. What was it like for you, you know, as you were going through high school, kind of doing your thing with uh, softball at what point did you know that you had an opportunity ahead? I think it was kind of just going to tournaments and just seeing like 20 coaches, you know, in the stands. Dang. And you're like, oh, okay. And before it's like, oh, it's a team from South Dakota. Like, they're nothing. Right. Until we made it to the national championship of like the best nationals in the country in California. Mm. And it's like, we can hang with these people, you know. So like, it's super hard being from the Midwest 
getting out there, you know, because right. all the schools are down south, east coast, west coast. And so um, when we were able to experience those types of things, then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, if I can right. compete at this level, like I can compete further on as well. Anywhere, yeah. 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 And I mean, I didn't, I didn't really promote myself much. I sent maybe like 12 emails to schools. I went to maybe three college camps. Really? And I was just, I was like, you know what? South Dakota State seems nice. Like the coaches, again, my teammates. And so I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll settle down yeah. by home, you know? Was there anyone like during high school, did they help you through the recruitment and whatnot to speak with different coaches? And Yeah. So our head coach did that. Um, okay. He was an assistant at Augie at the time. And then he's now in a, a head coach down in West Texas, but he kind of helped us with that. But for the most part, it was us trying to reach out to other coaches, like let them know where you're playing, let them know your major, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But he definitely pushed that. Yeah. So speaking of your major, you made your decision. You're going to SDSU. Outside of the softball, you, like, what are things that you have interest in? So what is your major? Okay. So my, this is funny. I've changed it like five times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. So, That's all right. Um, so like if I could pick any job and like not have to, you know, go to school for eight years, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be a dentist. Okay. But I'm like. More school after this. Like, then, right. <laughs> that's probably not for me. So um, <laughs> then I switched to PT and I was like, mm, physical therapy, like it's cool, but uh, seems a little boring. So right. I was like, uh, let me do something that I can go anywhere and use it. So I was like, oh, economics and Ooh. like with, you know, um, management as a as a minor. And so that's what I was until I transferred to Arkansas. And now I'm supply chain. Okay. Yeah. What does that entail? So it's just like logistics and procurement and um, like raw materials, Mm. how you get them, how you source them. So what do you want to do? It sounds like you are have like a business mind. Okay, I do. But I think I want to coach. So so it's kind of like my backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm planning to hopefully GA after Mm. my last year and then see where that goes from there. Because I just I do have a lot of connections and I feel like I could do something like that. I've coached I coach in the summer, too. So. Yeah, um, just continue doing that. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of of college. It allows you to take a, the next step on your own. You know, once you get there, you're kind of a free bird. You have two choices. Uh, you can either continue to build off of where you're at and kind of make a structure for yourself. Because in college, you don't have your parents that are waking you up every day and saying, hey, you need to go to the class. You need to go to workouts. You need to go and do this. In college, you have complete control of your life. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing for a lot of people. And especially as far as, you know, student first, you know, obviously you've, you've changed your major a couple times, but that's the beauty in it because you can choose exactly what route you want to go. So I know a lot of people are always, they have that same, you know, response on, well, I've actually changed my major multiple times. Well, to me, I'm like, that's good. That's good. Because when you get done with college, what people don't understand is you're now into a job market and you're marketing yourself to pretty much provide an income. So what happens is now you have an opportunity to not only present yourself to different jobs, but you can choose exactly what kind of field you're in as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because like like me, I started off in at LSS. Then I went to National American University and I was in academics. Then I went to Wells Fargo, you know, and now I'm here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a finance manager at Billion Taylor. I mean, most people would have never guessed it, but the freedom of that, it's the beauty in that. So that's pretty awesome that you've, you know, you have kind of that sight of what you're going to do and you have a backup plan as well. Most people don't have that. So I kind of want to go back a little bit because I want to dive deeper into the business mind. So if you like, what about business? Do you feel like you have like an entrepreneurship mind? Do you like to sell product? Like, yeah, I think like own my own, own my own little company. I feel like if I could do anything, it would involve a gym and then like some sort of restaurant attached to it, like a healthy, like a healthy food. That would be dope. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that would work or like if it worked together, but I feel like if I'm done with the workout at two o'clock, I kind of want a snack. So right. let me go get a smoothie or something. So Refuel love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. I could see you making that happen. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times, at least for what I do, 
coaching is something that I still do. And that's something that I kind of prioritized when deciding what I wanted to do. Right. I think it's important for people to really put what they love first, um, because if you can find a way to manage that and provide an income for yourself, it makes you more happy, better for your mental health, all of that stuff. So, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. I think you're creating a lot of opportunities for yourself. That's for sure. Hope I'm on the right track. Yeah, like it, it seems like it. I mean, I don't know, but you seem like you are for sure. What was it like? I mean, I was going to go through your accolades, but it, <laughs> we would have been here for too long, right? <laughs> so what was it like getting into college? You know, your sophomore year, I think you were Summit League Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. People always see the success. People see all the shine, you know, the fun. Mm-hmm. What was it like leading up to that was it like because you had a pretty big jump from the first year to the second year no so my first year was covid oh okay yeah and so so your sophomore year was your first year playing yeah up there wow yeah. wow yeah. good for you thanks how was okay how was it going through covid then because you were up there for a year not able to play yep what was that like kind of it really sucked you know like you put in all the work in the off season to play your first preseason tournament Mm. and or like second and for it to be canceled so we were in florida and we got a call and it was like something about a disease and we're like okay Mm. like whatever so we're just like going to this mexican restaurant like we don't really care Mm -hmm. and um then they're like well i think the games are canceled tomorrow and i was like okay but i mean a day in florida just doing whatever okay that's fine right and Mm -hmm. then like an hour later it was like no like we're actually not playing at all and i was like okay and again we were like we still had three more days in Florida, so we were just like, okay, let's let's get tan, let's have fun, <laughs> and then we go back, and it's like, so actually school shut down, what? and you're not playing, and I was like, we were just, it just sucked, mm-hmm. you know, but you kind of got it. I looked at the positives. I had I was able to take chemistry online, and so oh, I was man. like, I was like, chemistry online. I guess this will be okay, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but it was super crazy um, that first year, and then. My second year, honestly, I, I've never like getting accolades wasn't something I was looking for. I wasn't right. looking to be all region. Like I never thought about being an all American. I'm not an all American, but I like I haven't even like thought about those things mm-hmm. leading up to that, um, that season I had. So that's crazy for me. It was like a shock. And when she was, so we were at practice when everything came out, and she started announcing all the teams. Who's she? Oh, my coach. Okay, my coach. Uh, she was announcing all the teams and. She, like, goes through first team, go th- goes through second team, goes through third team. And, like, I don't hear my name. And I'm, like, okay, like, I'm not <laughs> expecting to be on this. But, like, I <laughs> right. feel like I'm, like, one of the best first basemen in, the co- like, the conference. Like, what's going on? And then she's, like, right. oh, and, like, player of the year. And then, like, she says my name. And I'm, like, player of the year? And then <laughs> oh, I'm not in the conference. <laughs> like, on a conference team. But, That's um, crazy. But she's, like, oh, I forgot to mention, like, you were first team. And I was, like, oh, uh, okay. Like, oh, my. So I was just, um, it was just a shock to me. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. Do you think that COVID year contributed to the success that you had in yeah. your sophomore year? Yeah, it just like it allowed me to dip my toe in the water and kind of get used mm-hmm. to everything and yeah. um, see what it, it was about. Because usually in preseason, you play better teams mm. that, that are in your conference. Okay. Except in the SEC, that's totally different. But like for us in, as a mid-major at South Dakota State, you play better teams when you right. leave. And so it was nice seeing that competition um, and applying it this the next year. So tell us about the hard work, I mean, that you had to put in to even get there. Because, like he said, uh, everyone sees the success. You know, everyone sees the success of someone, but no one truly, like, recognizes how much work you had to put in, you know, the workouts. I mean, maybe late nights, whatever. Mm-hmm. You tell us. What did you have to do to get, I mean, to where you are? Okay, so my freshman year of high school, I kind of let myself go. And I stopped going to my workouts. I was just binge watching Gossip Girl, like 90210. It was kind of the time of my life. But <laughs> right. but um, about like halfway through my sophomore year and then like on, I started meal prepping. Um, I'd make my breakfast. I'd make my lunch. I'd have whatever we were having for dinner. Um, I'd go to my workouts every day. And, but I'd also wake up at like five to go work out before I went to school. Mm. And so that was a grind. And then in the summer, like I said, We'd have infield practice from 8 to 10, and then from 10 to 12, it was, like, hitting, and then from 12 to 2 was outfield, 
And then from one to two was like catching and pitching. So mm-hmm. it was just like an all day grind. Mm-hmm. And like by the time you're done, you're just, you're just toast, you know, right, like, yeah. I just want to go lay down, but it requires a lot of work. And I don't think people understand that still, you know, mm-hmm. like right. it's really hard for people in the Midwest to get out and like practice all the time, you know, because mm. the elements, they're, yep. they're bad. So it's not like we're in California and you can just go to a field. Right. And so it just, it takes a lot of finding places, a lot of time, a lot of sacrifice, you know, yeah. like I told you, like Thanksgiving, I'd go make a plate real quick and I'd leave because we'd have a tournament right. in a dome in Minnesota. And so mm. there's just a lot that goes into it that you don't see. A lot of dedication, right. yeah. sacrifices. Yeah. And actually I want to go over a quick stat here uh, that I read and uh, hopefully I don't misquote this, but only 7%, just over 7% of high school athletes make it to play a collegiate sport and on, less than 2% make it to play a division one collegiate sport. Wow. So like, if you think about that, it's like, I mean, you broke some barriers. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's insane. Like, so kudos to you. And yeah. obviously to our listeners out there, I mean, you do have to put the grind in. It doesn't just happen overnight, mm-hmm. you know? And so with that being said, what would be some advice that you tell someone who wants to follow the same steps as you? I say be confident in you and what you do because you're always going to have people, you know, in your ear right. like, oh, well, you really think you can do that? You, you know, kind of doubting you. Mm-hmm. And so I really say like be confident and don't listen to anyone but yourself. Because yeah. when you wake up, you get to choose if you want to be confident or not. You get to choose what you do. You know, like you write your own story. And so if you want to do something, go out and do it. Um, no one's stopping you except yourself. So yep. that's definitely Thanks. Yes. What is it, as you uh, have gotten more successful, you know, with softball and everything, have you noticed people around you change? Like, during that process, did people treat you differently? Like, that you didn't really expect? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, like you were saying, like, people will just, like, see you around, like, oh, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, hey. Like, remember, <laughs> like, we never talked. Like, yeah. like, it's nice to see you, but, like, we never talked, you know. Right. Or, um, I just, I think it's really interesting because if you would have saw me in, like, sixth grade, I was wearing my sister's clothes, like some random <laughs> rapper, like whatever on my yeah. shirt. Like my teachers were probably like, who is this girl? <laughs> okay. Like one time I wore a shirt that said like, I'm on one or something. Right. <laughs> oh my and my teacher was like, what does that mean? And I was oh like, my goodness. I don't know. You know? Right. So I think it's really funny. Cause I feel, I feel like they can see that. Um, I'm friends with some of them on Facebook now and whatever, but it's like, yeah. you kind of went from that to that. And so, and all the people I went to high school with, you know, they, they mm. probably didn't expect me to mm-hmm. kind of be where I'm at now. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Do you I feel like, like you ever had any doubters or haters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. How yeah. do you deal with them? Or how do you like keep your confidence? Because to be in the batter's box and hit the way that you do, you have to be confident. Yeah. Right. And your mental has to be right. So I guess, can you talk about, have you had a hard time at all keeping your mental right when it comes to the softball, especially with all the changes? So I think it, like, my sophomore year after my, like, my um, POI year or whatever, I just kind of didn't get along with one of my coaches. Mm. And it was just, I was just, like, I started hating the side of the ball that, like, I enjoyed the most. Right. And for that, it that just wasn't, you know, a great yeah. thing. But at the same time, like, I had coaches that – believed in me, gave me all their confidence and their trust. And I had teammates that did the same. And so when you have teammates and coaches who believe in you and are, are confident in you, in you whenever you step in the box, yeah. then like everything, everything goes easier. away. Yeah. 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 That's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. It's actually funny because in college, <laughs> a lot, Zacchaeus and a lot of my other friends, uh, you know, at that time, <laughs> they didn't like the... I mean, not the confidence. I was confident, but they would call it cockiness, you know, but I would always just tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm a D1 athlete. I don't, none of this matters. I was like, I was like, none of this matters to me. I was like, if you don't like me, then you don't like me. I'm a D1 athlete. We're like, shut but that was up. My- <laughs> no, that the was- story actually went, we we're playing basketball. Oh, um, man. And Daquan is very competitive. And he felt that because he was a division one athlete that nobody 
him be as competitive as him. And he made that known in the middle of the court to everybody. So yeah, nobody was, I told everyone out there, I was like, you can't beat me. Well, nobody was putting in the type of work that you were that was on the court, Yeah, but you were in track, not basketball. So, so it didn't matter. I was Anyways. good at every sport. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Did you show them? Did you show oh them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was like, let's go there. Let's Definitely play. Did. <laughs> so with you, I kind of want to talk about a different part of you being a college athlete now that things have changed. Can you give us some information or just a basic rundown on what an NIL deal is? Yeah, so you can get them in multiple different ways, but it's basically, let's say at Billion, you guys give me a car, then I promote that and share with my following. Mm. And then I also can do things for you guys like, Let's say like going to an event yeah, and like yeah, making an appearance yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. And so I have one right now. Okay. Um, it's through our school and well, not our school, but like a branch. Sure. Um, and so I do like nonprofit events for them and I, oh. I go learn about different things for them and I promote cool. it and stuff. So, yeah, but it's been really cool to see a different side of like Arkansas because, yeah. you know, I what just, is, I guess the biggest misconception about an NIL deal, I guess, for you. Because a lot of people, like the regular high school kid is like, I'm trying to get that deal. It's not that easy. Right. No, it's not. So, mm-hmm. like, so you have to have, like, some sort of following still yeah, yeah. or some sort of yeah. influence. Well, just yeah. so, you know, all of our listeners understand NIL, I mean, it's name, image, and likeness. You right. Know? So I just wanted to put that out there just so people yeah. knew exactly what we're discussing here as well. Yeah. Because before people would get years, they'd be ineligible for doing mm -hmm. stuff like that or receiving compensation or anything. But I think that, you know, it would be cool if Billion uh, sponsored you guys and gave you like a free car for you guys, you know. What can you do? Yeah. um, (laughs) Let me let me uh, talk to talk to some higher ups about that. I like the idea. I really do. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea, honestly, but. I think that would be cool. So when it comes to the NIL deal, are people really searching for those or do you feel like most or like businesses are coming to players for that opportunity? I think both. Um, Even though it's illegal to talk about like in recruiting, Mm -hmm. I think there's Mm. a lot of like, hey, you come here, you get this much. Um, That's actually illegal. But you can't talk about it until like you're going to that Really? Yeah, or like signed. So when you commit, like... Okay, so there's two different commitments. I know there's, they're breaking that law. You know, yeah, for, sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> right? But there's two different commitments. There's one just verbally, and then two actually signing day. Yep. So my question to you is, is after you verbally commit, is that something that you can start talking numbers then? No. Or you have to wait until signing? You have to wait till you sign. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And that's dope. That's yeah. the thing is, like you were asking, so it's basically only like – some of the best players on your teams that get it. Um, right. When you're looking for a football team, it's like your quarterback, your running back, some wide mm-hmm. receivers and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like he said, it's your name, your image, and your likeness. Yep. So. You got to have some type of value yeah. on the net. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I think a lot of people – oh, I just see it from my point of view or perspective as a fan. I just see so many players that will transfer in the portal or try to go get a deal and – Seems like a lot of times their priorities are kind of messed up. They forget kind of why they're actually yeah. there to do what they're doing. But um, no, that's cool. You got a deal. That's yeah. What's up. Yeah. Are there any restrictions or like types of products or services that cannot be like be given or anything like that during an NIL deal? Obviously, like alcohol and stuff, just yep. like NCAA rules, they have to apply by um, abide by. And then not really, but you mm-hmm. have to really. So like we have a whole department for it. Um, oh, okay. At Arkansas, and so um, they make sure you have what you need for your taxes and stuff like that because you do have to pay. Yep. I think thirty percent or something around really? that number. Um, Dang. To whatever you get. What has been the biggest difference for you going back? I mentioned the transfer portal. So, what's been the biggest difference from Brookings to Fayetteville? I've got to say the people and just like the support. And the support in, like, women's athletics in general mm. when it comes to, like, sports. Um, really? It's not like, oh, football, basketball. That's all that matters. You know, I feel right. like that's a lot of schools around here. Yeah. And when you go out there, it's like everyone has 
what they need when they need it. They have updated um, soccer fields, updated softball field, updated football Dang. field, updated basketball courts, men and women. So, yeah. Um, I think that's probably definitely that's awesome the difference. And like the support, like the people pour in. Like, are they really crazy. crazy in the south? <laughs> I wouldn't say like crazy, but like diehard. Yeah. 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 yeah that's sure. awesome. Yeah. I bet that's a lot of fun at the games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we had. So I think the year prior to this past year, there was an average of like 2,000 people at each softball game. Wow. But then this past year it was 3,000. So I was like, wow. Yeah. It's so like you get to play in front of them all the time. Yeah. And so it's really cool. But then when like they're not there, it's kind of like, this is kind of weird. You know, like, <laughs> right. be like, are you nervous? I'm like, not really. Like we're kind of used to it now. But yeah. Yeah. But like when I had, I had to play there for a regional. Okay. South, when I played with South Dakota State. So we went to mm. Fayetteville and that was nuts. I couldn't hear, you know, like the Dang. ball was hit and I can't hear. Like I'm supposed Jeez. to cut the ball. Like I don't know what's happening. So mm-hmm. it was crazy. <laughs> what was that like then? Because take us on that journey from you already won your player of the year. You're getting interest from multiple schools. What was that like and how did you ultimately choose Arkansas? So I didn't want it to be like super hard so I kind of like I wanted to have a top list of schools so I picked two and I was I was like okay and it was Arkansas and uh, I'll expose it um Alabama and so because Alabama was like my dream school when I was little and then Mm. Arkansas was like that's kind of my dream school too you know just being around it um seeing the coach interact with the players players in general and so um when I went into the portal I was like those are who I'm looking for but I didn't contact anyone. Mm-hmm. So I just waited for everyone to kind of come to me. Yeah. Sounds bad. That's what's no, that's, yeah. But I did have five that I was interested in visiting because you have five visits. And so mm. I just took my first two, which were Alabama and then Arkansas. Because I was okay. like, they're my top two. And when I went to Arkansas, I just fell in love. And really? Yeah. I was just super happy. And, oh. and I'm so glad I chose it. Had that feeling. Yeah, I did. You know what's funny is like my mom wouldn't talk to me for like two days when i told her i wanted to go to the transfer portal you see her over there she's like my mom was so upset with me and (laughs) you know like she's been like the best you know like she supports me in everything i do and we just weren't seeing eye to eye and she's like just just try like kylie just wait for wait for them to hire a new coach and i'm like mom like there's just so many things that it's just like Everything happens for a reason. Oh, yeah. Everything was pointing to me to leave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this has been about five times out that I was like, I'm going to leave. Uh, no, I'm going to stay. Right. And so the last thing happened and I was like, what were I those signs? Go. Well, <laughs> so the first time I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like I need maybe a little bit more money to stay here, you know? And then I did get that after I won player of the year. And so I was like, you know, like I'm. I'm fine here. You know, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have to pay for my school anymore. And so, um, or a portion of it. And so, um, I was happy with that. And then I told you about kind of just how I was mentally messed around with. And I was like, I'm probably not going to stay here if that's going to be the case. And then, um, that factor was out. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to stay. And then my head coach ended up leaving Mm. and I was like, right. So I'm going to leave. Right. Right. And then, um, I heard two of the candidates who were, um, going to be the coaches and I liked one a lot I was like if this girl is picked I'm gonna stay and guess what she wasn't picked nope. and I was like okay so Dang. that's just it's just everything's too pointing many me. signs yeah, yeah everything's pointing me in a in a different direction yeah and that's that's where I went and I'm so happy I did that that's yeah. awesome yeah it's hard to make that leap so, yeah you know yeah I think is. that's really cool that you did that I do have one question just on like kind of performance I know like you get to like these professional athletes and whatnot, you know, basketball, uh, football or anything like that. I know that a lot of their deals are structured on their performance, you know, and if they're not performing or if they're not playing or anything like that, then they can lose a good contract or a good portion of their money because they haven't played so many games or they haven't reached as many yardage. Now in the NIL deals, does, is any of that based on any performance at all? No, at least what I know of and like mm-hmm. what I've seen. No. Yeah. So that's good. I feel like yeah. that's kind of just, that's probably coming though. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a little more rule, like some more rules coming yeah. in as well. Mm-hmm. So 
That would be interesting. Yeah. What has it been like really getting into a new environment? You know, in a place, part of the country you've you've been, but you're away from home. You're out of South mm-hmm. Dakota. What has it been like really getting to connect with those people down there? Like I your think, teammates yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah, I think it's been awesome. I think I've really grown up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not going home every weekend. I'm not seeing my family every other weekend. And so I've kind of like leaned into the people I have. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good roommate this past year. She was a transfer from Duke. So like we were mm-hmm. all, we were both transfers. So we just kind of leaned into each other. Yeah. Um, and we were really close and then became really close with um, about four of my other teammates. And so just kind of finding your people and sticking with it and making time for each other. Like we had dinner every, like once a week at right. least, you know. And so I think it's just been, it's been really awesome, especially because people are from different parts right. of the country. And so they call mm. me South Dakota. and they've never they've never been here obviously oh my gosh um like once from florida once from georgia (laughs) kansas that's not bad and then Mm -hmm. like colorado so yeah yeah South Dakota. yeah everyone's really fascinated with (laughs) they gotta come up here and check it out yeah that's what i said i'm like it's not as weird Mm. as you guys think they probably Mm -hmm. think it's it's like horse and carriage so yeah we think that about arkansas though too so yeah yeah you wouldn't think it was you guys should come. Have you ever been? I've it's never been. Nice. I've heard that it is actually a really cool place. Yeah. I think you'd like Fayetteville because hmm. it's rated. Is it a bigger city? Uh, it's like 80,000 people, but it's okay. rated the number one SEC town. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What so, is your guys' saying? Is it Woo Pig? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. They started doing the hall call downtown when I was down there with my <laughs> friends. And I was like, this is not. This oh, is my not gosh. I'm kind of just trying to. No one. Hide. Like, yeah. Yo, don't do this. That's I love it. I love it. I actually have one more question before we get into our next part of our episode here. And it's a question that we actually ask every single person um, that comes to onto our podcast. You know, obviously, we've been discussing about your mindset and just being able to overcome things, being able to really block off a lot of people from taking your energy and making you kind of not confident in yourself. Um, And that goes a lot into what we feel like helps you overstep poverty. So what I have to ask to you is when you hear overstepping poverty, what does that mean to you? I think it's really just breaking the norms and coming out better than you went into something or whatever you Mm -hmm. come from. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, having an impact on something like bigger than yourself and making sure that, you know, like my younger siblings don't have to have issues. Um, Chess and son doesn't have issues, things like yeah. that. And just making a difference once you've learned how to grow, how to grow. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Each one, teach one, make yep. sure you yeah. pass it down to the next generation yeah. and look yes. out for them to grow as well. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. All right, so this is the next part of our episode here. What we call is actually roundtable. This allows you to kind of open up and just ask questions to us. Whatever you have, whatever has been on your mind, of course, before you came here. I don't know if you've written some down or not, but I want you to fire away. Okay, what's your guys' biggest inspirations? My biggest inspiration, I would say, is a lot has to do with just my past and whatnot. What I mean by that is... Everything that I've went through, it's really inspired me to grind harder, to take the next step, you know, to always kind of one up what they didn't know in college when I was kind of being that cocky person on the field and whatnot, but or on the basketball court, I promised myself that I would never, ever kind of stoop down and tell people that they're better than me. So in that, and in anything and in everything, I've always inspired myself to just say it out loud. Like I'm better than you, even, even though, I mean, sometimes I wasn't, but <laughs> I'm going to try my hardest, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do all that I can uh, to be better. And not only, you know, physically, but mentally, emotionally itself, because there were times that I was down in my life and I wanted to be, I, I told myself I'd be better for the next person. You know, whether it's my wife or when I have a kid, there's a lot of things that I don't want them to go through that I went through. So my past, I mean, it really does inspire me to continue to just promote growth and become better than I was yesterday. That was really good to go on. I like Thanks. That. For me, I think normal answer would be like my son, my family, which is all true, but like deeper than just surface level. I think kind of like you wanting to help Um, you know, those that come after you and look out for people. I like to think 
when I'm going through it or anything like that and need to be inspired, it's like, who else is going to do it? Right. Like in life, when you're doing stuff or when you have children, whether you're together with your significant other or you're a single parent, like who else is going to do it? Right. So a lot of times it's that thought of wanting to get better, wanting to create a life for my family, create a life for my siblings and just be able to help people grow all around the board is the biggest inspiration. But like I said, at the end of the day, who's going to do it is really the question that I've been thinking to myself. And it's like nobody. Right. So that's what I would say for me. Yeah. yeah. Why not you? Yeah. Right. Why not? What about you? Uh, I'd say probably my mom, just because like I said, after my parents got divorced, like you look at me now, you wouldn't think that I like, we didn't have much money back then, but like we were on food stamps didn't necessarily like have all the designer things that you could have. Right. And now look at us. So yeah. Yeah. Your mom is a grinder. (laughs) She's a grinder. She's a hustler. For sure. She is. She knows how to get to her money. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else you got for us? What was like the inspiration behind the podcast as a whole? I don't know if we talked about this story before, but Daquan came to our office at cross country mortgage and we had this idea of like shooting like a interview with each other and kind of introducing each other onto our social media and kind of trying to get our names out there. And we never actually dropped that recording. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, it, surprise. It, right? um, I have a, a hard time like when I have the content actually like getting it out. It's just a personal thing, I think. But that's really where it started. And I don't know. From that point, we were talking like, yeah, we should do a podcast. I remember one of the topics that I wanted to really talk about, because it, it was when Deion Sanders just uh, went from Jackson State to Colorado. And there was a big thing about the NIL deal. So we had no idea what we were really going to even talk about. Mm-hmm. And one night, Daquan, we're talking about ideas for the podcast names. And Daquan's like, let's call it Overstubbing Poverty. I was like, no, I hate that name. Like, let's not. (laughs) And he's like, no, dude, like there's nothing on the Internet at all with overstepping poverty on it. And I was like, dang, like maybe it is good. So that that's where that it really came from. And then we started to like think, like, what do we want this to be? What do we want to provide to the world, essentially? And it was like, we need to be stronger people we need to create community with each other we need to lift each other up and really give people a platform that don't always get the platform to like you said being in the midwest a lot of times you get overlooked and it's not that there's not talent here it's just they don't have a platform to get out so really giving people an opportunity to get their names out and shine a light on what the talent and the people that we do have here really was the biggest thing for us, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. And I think, you know, when we actually had a conversation a little bit before where we were discussing as far as the specifics of what the podcast would be, that kind of helped me with the name. Um, But the specifics, like, like he said, we kept discussing as far as having our community get on the podcast so we could give them a platform, but it wasn't just that. It was also, there's a lot of things that we learned growing up and there was a lot of trials and errors. And most people usually keep that stuff to themselves. You know, they harbor it because they don't want people to know that they failed, but we wanted people to know that it was okay to fail because that's the biggest thing that usually keeps people from moving forward um, on that. So that was like one big thing. The other thing was, is and kind of the poverty side of it. One, I knew it was going to be controversial. When you have uh, anything and you name poverty in it, most people, they usually think, wow, you know, broken down area, you know, this like in the slums, you know, getting it out of the mud. But in my mindset of it, it wasn't just that. So if you see like our first 10 episodes, we gave everyone a full, like a full book of sets on how to build a better you how to make sure that you have, you know, the right individuals around you, um, how to really just kind of build yourself to take the next steps in overstepping poverty. And so one day <laughs> I was sitting down here and I was writing different names, writing different names. And then finally I was like, poverty, poverty, poverty. Okay. Wait, 
we're going to help people take the next step over poverty. And I'm like, overstepping poverty. That's what it is. I called him, you know, and I told him the name and whatnot. And he said, it. he's like, no, this, this isn't. I was like, no. I was like, dude, this is it. This, <laughs> this is something that we got to go with. It fits the, the quota on what we're doing, you know. Um, so, yeah. So that was kind of my long answer of it. Yeah. But it was definitely an agreement of what Zacchaeus said as well. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. And it creates conversation, you know, because. I'll be, and I mentioned it on one of our last episodes, people see the name overstepping poverty and they all like immediately attach their own idea of what poverty is and then who they see. So like we'll have different people on the show and I know there's people that watch and they're like, well, why the hell are they on the podcast? What do they know about poverty? What have they been through? Like that type of stuff. But then when you actually explain why that person's on the podcast and then that you know like you sharing you know going through divorce at 10 your mind is going through a lot of stuff and Mm -hmm. especially if you're coming from a household where it's an abusive relationship like that's poverty Mm -hmm. right so like people experience all different types of poverty and then when you're able to create these conversations and have these conversations i think people become more connected absolutely gives them a new perspective on things so yeah that was a good question. Yes, it was. Yeah. Any other questions? Um, just for fun, what's your favorite food? That's a really good question. I like food, a lot of food. Like, I really like tacos. Like, if I was gonna have one food forever, okay, it would be tacos. What kind? See, that's like where you get me, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different kind of tacos. That's but if fair. I was gonna have to pick one taco. It would have to be like a chicken taco with some cheese on it, some cilantro. Actually, no. Carne asada tacos. There you go. Mm. There you some go. street tacos with cilantro, some lime. I'll be straight. I'll be straight. What about you? I would say, like, you wouldn't even think about it, but, like, Indian food. So good. I don't know if you guys I've have heard. Had. Really? Oh, I haven't either, but I heard it's Oh, my crazy. goodness. There's a, there's a place in town here called Everest. It's... Okay. Like, it's my wife and our go-to. I'm like, or Everest tonight. And we get, like, naan bread and, oh. Do you get the butter chicken? I heard that's, yes. like, the best food. And then I get chicken sog. Bro, stop. I can't keep talking about food. <laughs> you I'm can't even have it on your 75R. Yeah. Right, I'm on 75R, Dan. Like, everyone's like, why, why is he talking about food like that? <laughs> so, Sorry to bring it up. No, it's right. all good. <laughs> How about you? What about you? Um... I'm going to have to say, I have like three. Mm-hmm. Like donut holes. Okay. Because. Sweet like, tooth. I love them. Yeah. Huh? I love them. <laughs> like way more than just the donut. Like a regular donut. Yeah, abs- yeah no. I'd rather just get donut the holes. The donut holes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Right. Or sushi. Mm. That's my number like two. Salmon, what's your like go? my number two. Okay. Oh, yeah. Spicy salmon roll. Or. Anything Mexican, like the carne asada oh tacos, gosh. like you were saying. You're I right. had them tonight. Did you? I did. Oh my god! I'm really sorry. I don't. I'm jealous. No, that's okay. <laughs> but I'm not mad. <laughs> He's like, I'm not mad at all. What um on campus? Do you live on campus? No, but I live near campus. Do you eat on campus? So we have like a student athlete dining okay. area. What's your favorite food? Out of there. Out of there. Um. Probably pasta bar because mm. they have like a bunch of meats out for you and then you put the meat you want and the toppings you want and then they make it up for you Yum. with the types of noodles and sauce you want. Very nice. That is nice. So it's just I easy. miss college. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move into the very last part of our episode here. As we discussed earlier there, I said the first 10 episodes that we did, we gave people steps on how to really build and maintain and, and grow and whatnot. So on this part of our episode here, we like to ask our, our special guests, you know, the five tips, tricks, and hacks that they would give someone in taking the next steps over poverty. Okay. So I told you the first one, which was like the confidence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second would to be like, be fully engaged in the moment mm. and just like stay the course no matter what, you know, like you're going to have bad days, but you're going to have good days and not, not look to the future and then not look. Right. Um, at the past just because you'll really get in your head when yeah. it gets to those types of things just because life's kind of up and down yeah. um, so just live in the moment and enjoy like what's in front of you that's definitely one um, I'd also say just appreciate all the people around you mm. like 
everyone has a, a support system, you know, like right. no matter who it is, like you have your wife, um, you have your wife, you have your kids or your girlfriend. I'm not sure. I'm um, married. Yeah. You're married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. No girlfriend. Um, no girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real deal. You put a ring on real it. Deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like for me, I have my family and friends and all that. So, um, just be really grateful for those people. Yeah. Um, next I'd say have gratitude for just like the littlest things in mm. life. Like the littlest things. Like, That's big. You know, like you see, like if someone makes your day or like you see someone and like they make, a, like give you a compliment, like that's a little thing. Like just yeah, have have gratitude for that or like the sunset and stuff like that, you know, just like the littlest things. Nope. Just to, I like that. Just to help you out. And last, this is kind of a athlete thing, but just work harder than the people around you. Nope. Because... I don't, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm doing something. I'm doing more. So right. that's all that matters. You know, that's oh, yeah. all that matters. Yeah. So there's no one in here that can outwork me. Yeah. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Do your thing, Quan. On the basketball court. <laughs> right. D one athlete. I'm a D one athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I was a regular, regular uh, athlete. Yeah. That's always cool. Red center. Too. Yeah, you're cool. Though. Intramurals. <laughs> 2k <laughs> <laughs> all right Quan, take us out. i love it i love it well there you guys have it thank you so much for taking the time to listen to overstepping poverty another great episode and thank you kylie for being on and, and sharing your yeah. experience through um your day ones to where you're at now you know the growth there we all see it and we congratulate you for that as well so we appreciate you again being on here um, again, my name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host. Zacchaeus, signing off. Yes, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in overstepping poverty.